this is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 11th, 2017. Three Essentials to Hearing God. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. And it is with both sadness and joy that I stand before you today as one of your pastors and give my uh, final message. So would you uh, pray with me, please? Holy God, we just thank you for this awesome, incredible day that you have placed before each one of us. Lord, we just ask right now that you would settle us in, open our hearts and our minds, our ears and our eyes to receive all that you have for us today. Lord, we pray that we are changed and transformed by the message, uh, by the worship and the fellowship. We thank you, Lord, um, because you are the giver of all good things. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today, we are going to focus on what I believe are three daily essentials to hearing God's voice. If we can become better listeners who hear what God is saying to us, and, this is the big and, and put the wisdom, the guidance, and the direction that God gives us into action our lives will transform. And not just our lives, but the lives of our families, our neighborhoods, our communities, and the world around us will also transform. Now, the most basic, the very most basic requirement for hearing God's voice is listening. Let's listen to the words found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. And he, Jesus, said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, they were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. So this passage describes what we refer to as the transfiguration, when Jesus was transfigured and changed before their very eyes. His clothes became dazzling white. Elijah the prophet and Moses appeared with him. 
This was a supernatural meeting of the three of them in space and time. The cloud represents the visible presence of God. In the Old Testament, the cloud, the visible manifestation of God occurred in the form of a cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night that led the Israelites through the wilderness 40 years. A voice came from the cloud that day. I imagine it's kind of like this surround sound voice. And the voice, it didn't come from Jesus, Elijah, or Moses. And it said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So although that we were not on the mountain that day, God is trying to get our attention as well. Listen to him. God desires to have a personal, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Relationships require communication, talking and listening. Today is about how to become better listeners. Because one of the problems many of us face, including me, when it comes to hearing God's voice, is we have so many other voices speaking to us, our spouse, children, parents, friends, co-workers, family, social media, email, text, TV, culture, self-help books, news, radio, movies, etc. Not to mention just all the plain noise that is out there. We have a hard time discerning God's voice above all the others that are fighting for our attention. Without words from God, our souls will perish, literally. A single word, one word from God can bring reconciliation to a broken relationship, healing to a hurt from the past, courage to face the future unafraid, and so much more. And here's the thing. God speaks to us every day through a variety of means. God speaks to us through the Bible, sermons, audible voice, an inner voice, impressions, dreams, other people, creation, angels, billboards, you name it. God speaks to us in a variety of different ways. The question is, is do we hear God speaking? So today, as I said, we're going to look at three daily essentials to hearing God's voice in our life. Essential number one, say it with me, reading and reflecting on Scripture. So this is like no surprise. A great way to hear God's voice is to know, read, and reflect on what God has already said. He's already said so much in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God's word, word contains wisdom, encouragement, comfort, and truth for every single area and situation that we will ever face. Everything. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Say it with me. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It's for you. It's a light on a lamp for your feet, a light on your path. When we read and reflect on God's word, it becomes, it 
literally becomes that lamp for our feet so we know which way to go, which way to walk in. God's word is the power source that lights up our path. That's what God's word is. It's the power source that lights it up. I don't know about you, but I want God to illuminate my path. I want God to, but through his word, to illuminate which way I'm to go. And when we don't make regular time to read and reflect on God's word, on scripture, on the Bible, it's like we have decided to follow a light that's fading by the minute. And if we go many days without spending time in God's word, it's like we have chosen to blindly walk in the dark. That's what not reading God's word, we choose by not reading it to blindly walk in the dark. God's word, it's alive, it's active. When we read, the Holy Spirit illuminates verses that our spirit needs to hear. It's amazing how many times I, and I've also talked to other people who have this experience, how many times when we're reading the Bible, something will be illuminated that is perfect for the circumstances we are going through or that we are about to face. God knows what's coming in our future. And that encouragement that we receive, um, that living word, it is so important to us not only for ourselves, but many times what is illuminated to us, we can share it with others, and they get encouraged by it as well. So we have said this um, many times here at Connection, and it bears repeating again. Reading and reflecting on Scripture is the number one thing, not the number two thing, the number one thing that helps people grow spiritually no matter where they are in their journey whether they're exploring who Jesus is to the fully devoted follower of Christ and everyone in between. Do you want to hear God's voice more clearly? Read and reflect on the word. Not sure where to start? No problem. Pick up a reading plan at guest services or just start in the New Testament. One chapter a day. And a chapter is not like a book, you know, where it's like pages and pages. So one chapter a day. Essential number two. Say it with me. Spend 10 minutes a day in silence before God. Psalm 46, verse 10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We need to learn to become better listeners. A great way to practice this is to find a quiet place where we can be still and tune out the rest of the world for 10 minutes. That's it, 10 minutes. This might have to be in the bathroom for some of us depending on your household. A break from your workday, um, the quiet in our home, in a park, and it might be in your car, but just not while you're driving. Um, you know, a great thing about the car is when you're driving to work or you're driving home, you can stop somewhere a couple blocks before you get there. You can turn the car off or keep it on if you want the air conditioning. 
And you can spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes practicing being quiet in God's presence. That's all it takes. Melinda Gates talked about this at last year's Willow Creek Global Leadership Summit. She talked about how the Catholic nuns taught her this practice as a child. It was so important to her that she continues this practice to this day. Now, I'm a good one that says when I hear something like this, I'm like, okay, well, I started practicing what she said because I wanted to see if, you know, I would get fruit from it, and I certainly have. I light a candle, and I set the alarm on my phone for 10 minutes, so I'm not, like, clock-watching. Is it over yet? Um, you know, and the more I do it, the more the time just flies. Um, while you're doing that, listen and focus and become more aware of God's presence with you. Sometimes I imagine the light of the candle as the burning bush being there in God's presence, um, whatever helps you. It might be helpful to have a pad of paper ready to write down the thoughts that pop in our head. Um, it's hard to quiet down the noise. You know, all of a sudden we remember, oh my gosh, I forgot to make that doctor's appointment, the electric bill's past due, I forgot to call my friend, or whatever it is. So if you have something there, you can quickly write down those things. If you're not used to spending time and quieting down your mind, it will take time to learn how to be still and know that God is. That's the whole thing. Meditate on the scripture. Be still and know that God is. Even those with minds that bounce from thought to thought to thought can learn how to do this. Spending time in God's presence, it brings healing to our souls, refreshment to our spirits, it helps us know that God is with us every day. A huge benefit of learning to do this is in those moments of crisis, we can quickly learn to go to that place because we've practiced it over and over and over and be still and listen for God's voice. It could be in the middle of our work day when we're confronted with a problem maybe a fear, a worry, um, something else that's come up, and we just need to pause and tune into God's presence and listen to God's voice, what God is trying to say to us in our thought life. So essential number three, say it with me, discerns God's voice in our thought life. God speaks to us in our thoughts. Did you know that? He speaks to us all the time in our thoughts. The problem is, is a lot of us, we have so many thoughts. We have thoughts from God, other people, that we just can't, okay, which one's from God? <clears throat> we have impressions, nudges, nudges, promptings every day from God that help guide us and lead us on the path we are to follow. It's that still small voice that says, this is the way. It brings confirmation to our spirits by giving us the peace that passes all understanding. Have you guys experienced that peace that passes all understanding? In John chapter 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow 
me. Actual sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And we've talked about how sheep are dumb, right? I know if you've been to some of the sermons, Alan, you know, sheep are just dumb. But one of the things that they do very well is they hear the voice of the shepherd. And when the herds are like mixed together, when there's four or five herds mixed together, and the shepherd calls the sheep, each herd follows their shepherd. They don't follow another shepherd. That's why it's so important for us to learn how to hear God's voice so that we follow our shepherd and not another shepherd. Sheep will not follow a stranger's voice. You know, my prayer has been, God, let me know your voice so clearly that when the stranger speaks, I will not follow. And it's, I'm not there, but I'm like learning how to hear his voice so much more clearly. One of the reasons why I know this move that Dave and I are making to Moore's Chapel is good is because God is at the center of it. When I first learned that my name had come up in prayer on March 27th for a possible appointment move, after my initial very disorienting shock, like, what? Um, And then three weeks of wrestling, wrestling with God... Um, hearing God's voice became, during that time was very difficult because all types of voices were shouting in my head. The enemy, what I want, what Dave wants. I mean, just so many voices were in my head. Hearing God during a time like this is not easy, especially when there's big change and transition. Not to mention that wrestling with God is really tiring. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. You know, this was a process from the time the call first came till seven weeks later. It was a process of us, Dave and I, both wholly surrendering ourselves to God. My heart prayer during this time became, Lord, your will, not mine, be done. Your will, Lord, not mine, be done. And what was amazing to me at times is Dave was a little more not in line with as much as I was at times but when I doubted and I would confess those things to him he said God's will not ours be done God's will not ours be done I did ask God to give my spirit peace so that the peace of God so I knew it was God who was leading. That was so important. I don't want to follow where God's not going. Not only did God give me peace and us peace, but God planted a seed in my heart from someone about Moore's Chapel before I even received the call from the district superintendent. When the call came this seven weeks later, the DS said, we want to appoint you to Moore's Chapel. And here's the thing, I didn't even need to pray about it because during this process of holy surrendering, your will, Lord, not mine be done, during this process, I became a yes before the phone call came. And I know that doesn't happen all the time, but I didn't have to pray because I heard God's voice. 
I heard him say, this is the way. Walk in it. And Dave and I, we are following. When Jesus is our Lord, we not only listen for his voice, but we follow where Jesus leads us. Where is he leading you? As believers in Christ, we are no longer our own. We are God's. My heart prayer for this entire past year has been to hear God's voice and obey. God, let me hear your voice and obey. Even in the little things, it's been driving me crazy. God has been like, I'm walking by, and he's like, pick up that piece of trash, Lori. I'm like, oh my gosh, like even in those things. And we picked up trash on the way, coming in here this morning. Um, but that's, that's the thing. It's like, let, hear, let me hear your voice, God, and let me obey. And sometimes it's just plain hard to do. Because sometimes God asks us to do things that we're uncomfortable with. We might be afraid. Um, it's not easy. And it, the other thing about when we ask God or ask Jesus, when God speaks to us, Jesus will not give us the popular answer. He will not. He will give the answer that is best for our lives and the kingdom of God and our families. We don't even have to understand it. Nor does it have to make sense to us. As Isaiah the prophet heard God say in chapter 55, he heard God say this to him in verses 8 and 9. Let's read it together. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, even though we might not have to understand a particular instruction, we do have to know or at least have some pretty good confidence that it is God. We do need to know that. And we gain more confidence in that as we continue to seek God and know God in, more, in deeper and more intimate ways. However much you go, know God right now, there's more. I just want to say that there's more. There is, no, there is no limit. God is so good. Um, there is always more. Now, we do have some hints to help us discern if the thoughts or the impressions or the promptings that we're receiving, if they're from God or from the enemy. We don't want to listen to his voice. Um, so some helpful hints to discern God's will are, are they aligned with Scripture? with the written word, what God has already said. Also, they don't contradict God's nature. God's nature is love. So like, for instance, if I had this thought or this um, feeling that, you know, God might be leading me to have an emotion, get an emotionally connected to another man or a physical thing, like, first off, do not commit adultery, right? The other thing is it's, it's against God's, that thought is against God's nature, which is love, to love God and love others. It's not very loving of me to start investing myself emotionally into another that is not the one God brought to me. 
And if we ever get to those points, we need to repent. We need to run and, and confess to another human being so that we, because we all have thoughts, all of us, every one of us that's from the enemy. And the best thing to do is just share them with someone else, have the courage to say, here's what's going on, and ask for help. Because when we turn to God and we repent, he forgives. We have a, a good God. The other thing is Christ convicts us whereas Satan condemns. So those condemning thoughts in our head that tell us we're a loser or, or whatever they might say to you, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is from the enemy. Christ clarifies. He gives us clarity along the way, like he did over those seven weeks. I got more and more clarity. We did. Satan confuses. He likes to stir the pot. He confuses us so that we will not follow God. Christ confirms in our spirit. You know, and for me, it's that peace that passes all understanding. Satan contradicts. Christ compels us into action. Like, I can't help but go to Moore's Chapel because that's where Christ is compelling us to go. Satan constricts. He likes to tie us up where we, we become afraid and um, we can't step out. Now, here's the thing. When in doubt, it takes time to learn, you know, okay, where's this from? When in doubt, talk it through another Christ-centered believer. A Christ-centered believer. You know, this isn't the time to call your friend who's not Christ-centered, even though you might like talking to them, because you're going to get the world's input, not God's. But a Christ-centered believer can help you sort it out. And that's exactly what happened when I was going through some of the struggles. I was like, Lord, who can I call? I can't talk to anyone here about this struggle I'm having, about your will. Um, and I said, let me know who I can call. And God popped in my um, thought this uh, another pastor that Dave and I had met in Tennessee, and I just gave him a call, and I said, look, here's what's going on. I need some prayer. I've got all these different thoughts. Uh, he was so encouraging. He prayed for me, um, encouraged me to continue to um, listen for God's voice during this process, and it's just, it makes all the difference in the world. The other thing is to trust the peace of God in your heart. When you have peace about something, and even though you're afraid, trust the peace of God in your heart. Continue to seek God and do his will, not our own. If we seek him, we will find him. It's a promise. Keep seeking, you will find. Now, there's some hindrances to us hearing God, and several of those, the first one is being preoccupied with self. If we're constantly thinking about ourselves, it's kind of hard to hear God. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is another barrier to hearing God. When we have unforgiveness and resentment in our heart, it, our hearts are hard. We cannot 
God can't get into our hard, stony hearts when we have unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment. So if you have those things in your heart, start to go to God. God, help me. Help me get to the point where I can forgive. Um, one of my prayers on a regular basis is, God, you know, I, I forgive all who have hurt me. And if people's faces pop into my head, I just, I just keep forgiving. I forgive until um, I'm at that point where I know that it's in my heart. Sin. You know, we're all sinners saved by grace, right? But, and we still sin. But if we have sin in our lives that we know is sin and we're not actively even trying to do anything about it, we're not sorrowful for it, we don't have that repentant heart, it's going to be really hard to hear God because what, what we're saying is, I want it my way, God, not your way. So sin, confess those things. God is there just waiting to forgive and heal. Um, worry. I used to worry a lot, you know, and worry, you, you can't, when you're worried, you can't get the God thoughts in there because you're so worried. Busyness. We're all very busy. And that's one, things about, one of the things about this message is, you know, I was like, okay, God, this is my last message at Connection. What is, what is it going to be that I can help impress? And it's these three things. Reflect on Scripture. Spend, learn to spend time with God and start to voices in our head because God wants to say so much to each one of us. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. So we can pull ourselves out of these traps, because they are traps. We can pull ourselves out of these traps by incorporating these three daily essentials. Now, I do have a bonus opportunity for anybody who wants to uh, take on this other challenge. You know, maybe you've already gained some practice in these essentials uh, to hearing God. So the bonus opportunity that I challenge you to practice um, is to begin to ask the Lord what he wants to say to you. Just ask the question, what do you want to say to me today, Lord? I have received like so much healing by hearing God speak, even if it's just, relax, Lori, I got it under control. Um, whether it's, don't worry about today, everything you need I've already given you. You know, God will speak messages of love into your heart. And if you don't hear anything right away, don't get discouraged. Just pause and listen. Practice evaluating where are these things coming from. Be patient and don't give up. But be ready. Be ready. When you hear, be ready to respond. <laughs> now, one last thing. Before we can clearly hear God's voice, it's crucial that we have a personal relationship with Jesus. If we don't know Jesus personally, it's really hard to hear his voice. Jesus stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. He keeps on knocking. 
Do we hear him knocking? All we have to do is invite him in and open the door. If you would like to do that today, you can say a prayer something like this. Oh God, I hear the knocking. I'm going to open the door today. I believe that you are who you say you are in my heart. Even though it doesn't all make sense in my mind, Lord, just come and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you that I'm, you come in while I'm yet a sinner. Just the way I am and just the way I'm not. So come into my heart right now, Lord. Amen. So Connection Church, this is the good news. It is the good news. Let's hear it, let's live it, and let's believe. Amen. Holy God, we thank you for your word that you've spoken to us, Lord. We thank you that you continue to reach out to us through our thoughts and all different ways. Lord, help us be better hearers this week. Help us tune in to that still, small voice that says, this is the way. Help us, you know, some of us, you've already been speaking to, and we know what you're saying. Lord, give us the courage to be obedient this week and follow through. Intervene in our lives, Lord, where we need you. We thank you and praise you, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community